Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to an episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, I have my repeat guest, Doris Lewis. Uh, Doris was back on episode 146. Um, it was a great episode. And whenever we have a great, uh, that was two years ago. So uh, whenever I have a great episode, we got to bring them back or bring her back every once in a while, right? Um, so well, probably, you probably see Doris every couple of years anyway. <laughs> but anyway, Doris, <laughs> thank you for coming back on the show. Well, you're very welcome. And I'm, I'm, I'm flattered to hear it was a great episode I mean, for both of us. But what what make it great for you? What was it about the episode? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot? Um, well, of course. I think the, um, I haven't listened to that episode in a long time. But from what I remember, it was like a lot of lessons. Um, and it was a lot of takeaways. And I think that's one of the the big, like the episodes that have the most um views and the most interest are ones where there's there's mistakes that have happened there's learning lessons that have happened there's a, a takeaway from it uh, more than someone putting their chest out and i bought this much big stuff right um and there it people don't uh, relate to that so i think it's um the story and yeah the story and the lessons that, that come with the story yeah, yeah. so it was real life practical the yes. lesson learned from personal experience. And I think some perspective that would help the viewer, you know, perhaps can relate and hopefully use it to improve their life and make better choices in their investment in life. Yep. Totally agree. Totally agree. That, that's Those are my favorite ones. Those are the ones that get re-listened to. Because on all honesty, some of them, I, I record them. And we edit them quickly, and then I never hear, never listen to them again. And then there's those ones that you you go back and listen to them every once in a while, right? I recall from that episode, you forward me an email from a listener or a viewer that said from watching that episode gave her some inspiration, or I guess give her the um to get moving with her life. That was what I recall. So. We succeed. We, we accomplish our mission, right? Yeah. Well, even um, one of the reasons we're recording this is we were talking like two weeks ago. Was it a week ago? Two weeks ago? Anyway, we had we did the other Zoom call. Um, and I don't know. Just if you've never talked to Doris on the phone or <laughs> talked to her like on a Zoom or something, um, every time it's it's awesome. Like, um. If it wasn't for Doris, just to give her some shout outs, the coaching program wouldn't be what it is, honestly. I still remember I was sitting in a Princess Auto parking lot like years ago, and I was chit-chatting with you. This is before you did the other podcast, um, and when we just, I don't know how we, we met each other online and we're talking, but it was, that's how the whole thing came about, right? So um, there's a lot of powerful conversations I've had with Doris over the last few years. <laughs> so anyway, Doris, well, before I like, you know, completely, uh, you know, give you all my praises, but uh, well, let's, let's go into our topic this week. What, what are we talking about? I would say this is our call check in on the journey. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the journey has twofold. First journey is you as an investor. And then the second piece that folding into that is you 
as a person. Yeah. Because how we invest, which is where we put our hard-earned money, time, and energy, uh, it's going to reflect who we are, what we're doing, the choices that we make. And for me, it's always useful to take time to pause and reflecting and see the things that I did that I enjoy, the things that I did that I failed, and both what could I learn from it and how do I move forward with what I know now. So from a check-in perspective, let me turn the table a little bit and asking you for the past two years since we talked, what are the things that you have changed that delight you, that you see in your business? Ooh, you're gonna put me on the spot. Okay, um, things that delight me. What, what, what I honestly, what I enjoy is, um, I honestly work twice as hard as I used to work when I had a job. Um, but, and people are like, you know, you don't, you have all these days off. No, I work really hard when I work hard. Like if anyone actually came over to my house and watched me work, I work really hard when I work. Um, and it's all about, you know, you know, to do that, to create time. But because I have control of my time, on Wednesday, I went to the talent show at my kid's school. I can go do things. I can take a Monday off and go to the zoo. I can take a Tuesday off and, you know, whatever. Um, I'm scheduling like this, even recording this podcast, it takes, you know, it takes time, right? Especially because I like to batch it for the summer, um, which some people may not know. Uh, I don't record anything in the summer. So like right now we're recording in the second last week of June and I'm going to, I've been recording, I'm recording this week and next week between the two weeks, 10 episodes. Like that takes 10 hours of just recording time. Um, and then on top of that, there'll be editing time, but I'm going to do that so that I can, my kids are going to be home for the summer, right? Then I can actually be with my kids. So I don't know, did that answer the question? Um, but it's, it's the time freedom. It's the, you work hard. The stress level is way up, um, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, they think that becoming a real estate investor, it's going to be set it, forget it do nothing and collect the paychecks. Like that's the way, you know, rich dad, poor dad written. It's, you know, you create this cash flow and it's like, it's so easy. Um, it's not, um, you're constantly dealing with a lot of people. You're dealing with property managers, contractors, all kinds of people that are trying their best, but honestly still don't do what they even committed to. Right. And it's, and then you have, you're the middleman between you and the investors and it's a stressful spot you put yourself in. Yeah. So what I hear, you, you answer me beautifully. Thank you. What you hear is first you say work twice as hard. One of the myths of investing in real estate, like you said, is set it and then you forget it and you have my tie on the beach. Yeah. And what I'm hearing you say is you working twice as hard. But here's the key thing. You have control of your time and able to learning to manage your time. You have, you set, you have choice of your priorities. And one of the things is now because you have control of your time, then the responsibility is still on you, but you create, you work twice as hard so that you have time to spend with your kids for the summer. Yep. 
So for me, it's not about being investor so that you have passive income and people call you get the freedom. And freedom is working for the boss, working for the man or woman and be enslaved to that. Or what I hear is, it's not that. And I think this is so important for me to get when I first started in, because I had that myth. Invest in it, get property manager, they handle everything, you don't have to do anything. Nothing further from the truth, because it's not a passive investment in real estate. There is a state of passive investment, but you need to be clearly what that is and what fit for you, but then choose the business model that worked for you. You could do disindication of other people invest for you, but still you need to be actively researching and knowing and who do you trust to put your heart on money. So back to you, I hear the strength, the thing that changes, you work twice as hard, control of your time, so you're able to manage your time to do things that you enjoy important for you and i'm guessing you work twice as hard but the way you said it you say the stress level is off another thing for me the stress level is off is when you're doing things that in alignment with your values in alignment with your priorities in alignment with your purpose your passion then the working hard, it just, I need to do this, but I'm excited. So when you said it, I hear there's a, a high level of engagement in what you're doing and actually enlivened by it. Am I right? Hello, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I've created a new coaching program. I believe the new coaching program has way more value than any of the programs that have even existed in the past. What we've done is pre-recorded all the lessons so that you can work through it at your own pace, which is pretty cool. And then we're going to meet up on a regular basis to answer the questions, do deal analysis, and actually spend our time together working on things instead of spending our time learning things. I think this will make a seamless transition to buying in the United States and will help you solve a lot of your problems. If this is of interest to you, go to glensutherland.com slash coaching. I hope to help you guys invest in the United States and I hope we provide as much value as possible. Back to the podcast. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I'm always trying to challenge myself. So it 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 adds, you know, honestly, it's fear. Uh, <laughs> it's It's challenging. It's, you know, you're constantly, your brain's growing because you're learning. Um, but you're, yeah, if you aren't pushing yourself and if, even if you get into the same habit, like, um, some people just listening to the show, they, they know I'm trying to buy a large apartment building right now. And, you know, I haven't done that, but you know, um, you partner with people who have, um, you bring in people who, you know, so you don't make mistakes because you're playing with other people's money, but it is, it's, it's a whole nother beast, right. To, to do something like that. Um, <laughs> like to go back to your last point, uh, and you're talking about the, the passiveness that doesn't exist, like that's honestly the way to become passive, to actually take the stress level down is to invest with somebody else. But you can't do that. That's like a, a second level or a third level of investing. You have to do the, the hard work first, um, unless you just happen to be rich. <laughs> you know, you have to uh, create the wealth first before you can invest the wealth with have someone else be basically your asset manager, right? So you couldn't do that because you don't have the financial resource 
to invest. Well, to I do. Quote, unquote, I, passive. I do. But, you know, you get into this whole thing. You're like, uh, you know, I'm a coach. Um, you got to put your money where your mouth is. I don't want to ever be that guy that I'm, I'm just a coach, but I don't actually buy real estate. People go, mm -hmm. I don't say, when was the last time you bought something? And I don't want to ever say a year ago. No, I want to be able to say two weeks ago. I want to be like, I am preaching, you know, what I do, what I, I, I don't want to be the guy that's that. Right. Um, and then there is a lot of those. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you practice what you preach. I try to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's a, a great point about partner up, learn from people who know how to do that and get into that investment. I find that for me, the passive investing is passive because I may not be quote unquote hands-on activity, but it's not passive in the mind. It's not passive because I need to really decide what is my goal, what is my objective, not just for today, but with this investment, what is the long term down the road. I do find that a passive investor, one way for me to get in is to JV with someone that maybe bring the skill set, the knowledge, and I bring the money. Mm -hmm. And then help me along that I learn along the way. So that symbiotic relationship works very well for quote unquote passive. Wouldn't you say? Oh, totally agree. I wouldn't be where I was if I didn't, you know, give away parts of the deal, right? You, you have too much work for yourself, even as it is. You can leverage other people's time. You can leverage other and just, you know, get a smaller piece of a lot of more projects, right? Um, it, yeah it's it's just smart like it's it's so and it also diversifies you know you're not all your eggs aren't in one basket they could be in 10 baskets <laughs> right? yeah and for me that go back to when i ask you you know what delight you is i find that if we work in our area of strength then we tend to have a lot more fun they're still growing like you said you like challenge you like new thing but it is in the arena that you enjoy. Yeah. Right? It's oh, yeah. The, the, the story I keep remembered, you know, a, a, a young mother said, I never could understand, you know, they live in Saskatchewan or somewhere mm -hmm. in Canada with frozen lake, right? She said, I never could understand. I can ask my son, you know, who's six years old, to take the trash out. All he had to do, put on his glove and his mitten and his hood and jacket. It take no more than 10 minutes to take the trash out, but it took him an hour. And I have to keep nagging him, nagging him to take the trash out in the winter. Mm -hmm. However, when it's time to go outside to skate and play hockey, she said, hockey, you got the helmet, you got the clothes, you got the padding. And it took him 15 minutes flat to be out the door on the frozen lake water, you know, lake surface to play hockey. Oh, yeah. so it's like, how come one hour, 15 minutes has nothing to do with the activities. It has to do with the motivation, you oh. know, what we enjoy, what enliven us. So I hear you have a lot of challenges that you keep learning. 
but it's in arena that you enjoy. Yep. So for me, what delight you is a question to tease out for me. What is your arena of strength? October 21st, we are hosting a conference in Mississauga at the Doubletree. Um, we have some amazing speakers lined up. Brady McDonald, Quentin D'Souza, Felix Vortman, uh, Arlen Bonin, myself, Adam Rass, Ali Ajami, Brent Green. The conference is called Canadians Investing in U.S. Multifamily. Um, if you're looking for more information, please go to glensutherland.com slash conference. Oh, that's what you're throwing at me now? Oh, my goodness. What is my... Because if we... We don't know our strength, then we cannot create our sweet spot. Hmm. I don't know. I, I have to answer this on the spot. My what is my strength? Um well I know what I do a lot. Know, I do a lot of problem solving, but I don't know if that's my strength. It's not something that I honestly I'd love to outsource that. <laughs> it's like the hardest part, right? It's the stressful part. Um, but it is honestly one of the reasons that stuff gets done. Um but what is my greatest strength? You know what? I know what my greatest strength is. My greatest strength is talking to people and networking. I can go to conferences. I can sit and talk to complete strangers for hours. Um, I got that from my dad. Uh, I just went with my dad to my daughter's soccer last night. He stopped and talked with all these men, women, all the way as he walked down the path, because the path down to the soccer field was up high. And they, you know, the kids were at the bottom, and it was too steep for a lot of the seniors. And he stopped and talked to every single one of them. And you're like, and you, you think, and you just look at him and you go, I wonder where I got it. <laughs> you know, he just, you just watch him work a crowd. He just goes and talks to everybody, right? Um, and he's a friendly guy. Well, wonderful. You talk about you know, you love talking to people. And real estate, behind all that is people or all kind of business. I find very few business that, well, except you computer yeah. programmer or something, you know, you be in your cubicle, but Still, most but of Even business, if you're doing that business, you got to raise funds to pay for everything. <laughs> so talking with people, but I hear the other pieces, you know, real estate is really investment you providing a service or something is always on the other hand it's really solving a problem mm -hmm. and i hear you you know you have the creativity because solving problem is takes a lot of creativity to do that would you say oh, yeah. the situation that come up <laughs> are you interested in purchasing u.s multifamily Evan McLeish and myself have teamed up to build a course that starts September 25th. It's going to be 12 weeks long. It's done over Zoom. Uh, depending on the market you work in, specifically Texas, we are going to have tons of contact information to get you all set up. For more information, please go to glensutherland.com coaching and you can see the details on the course. Thanks, everyone. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Five years from now, I'm going to see stuff. I've never seen before. I'm seeing stuff this year I've never seen before. And it just keeps coming out, right? <laughs> so your sweet spot, people, connection, yep. creativity, in the sense of problem solving. And the other, I would say curiosity, because you said you like to learn new things. You like to be challenged. Yeah. Because if you don't like to be challenged, you don't learn new things you won't be able to come up with new way to solve problem. 
So I see, you know, the curiosity, the people oriented, the creativity, those are your inherent sweet spot. Those are your arena of strength. And you just happen to apply it to real estate. And so for you, doing the podcast is wonderful because you get to talk with people, learning about a lot of different new things. But your real estate, you solve a lot of problems and there's practical things that you can see the result. That's another thing you like is you like result. You want to see things happen. Yeah. Well, you have to, <laughs> all right? No, like, you have to. You need results. People aren't going to keep working with you if there's no results. Okay, so that's the delight. Let's go to the opposite, the other D. What distress you? What distress you? What depress you? Confrontations. I hate them. I, I, hate, oh. I, hate, I hate having to be the boss sometimes. I hate having to lay down the law with the contractors. I, I would just love them to just do what they say they're going to do. I, I hate it. Uh, it works me up beforehand. It works me up afterwards. Um, just dealing trades, property yeah. managers, people. <laughs> um, I love them as well. <laughs> but there's the, the, the confrontation part when things, uh, w when they're not performing what they're supposed to do. I hate it. I, I hate it. I hate I, it. I, I call that those at the hard conversation. Yeah. 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 And unfortunately, they do happen. It's a people business. Like we're just talking. There's so many people. That's all you're doing is you're talking to, you know, to make something work. You're talking to 10 people to do a single project, right? It's, yeah. it's a lot yeah. of, a lot of people. So what helped you to reduce or mitigate some of that sounding like we can't avoid it we need to work with people and you like people except when they not fulfill their commitment their agreement and you have to have conversation with them what do you do how to help yeah. mitigate that kind of stress for you so i think a lot of it is um i don't know how to word this correctly but being organized and documented mm -hmm. um, so that when you're responding to these things not going well, it's not you just pointing the finger or being accusing, uh, you know, accusing them of anything, right? Instead, you can read back the notes from before. And that's honestly how I like to do it. And so it's okay. not me necessarily yelling at them. I want to go, on May 1st, I'm going to just let's start the conversation. I'm going to read through our notes for the last two months. On May 1st, you said this was going to happen on this date. On May 8th, you said this was going to happen on this. This is what the progress was. And you just go slowly through the whole thing. You just read it. And they're like, they start jumping. You're like, just let me read the notes. This is, I'm just, I'm just reading the notes. It's not me. It's, it's the paper. <laughs> the paper is to blame. <laughs> yeah. And we go through the notes and we read the notes. And then we go, how are we fixing this? You know, you don't have to scream at them then because people, if you scream at people, they don't respond to you. Well, they just get, um, they'll, they'll get back on their hunches and they'll defend themselves. And that's not what you want. 
what you want is a solution. You don't want yeah. to defend themselves. And that's why I, I kind of glazed over that. I, I never actually worded it like that on the podcast. But honestly, a lot of times I like, oh, I don't yell at anyone. I never yell at anyone. People are like, how do you get shit done? Sorry, pardon me. <laughs> but how do you get stuff done? Right. And, and, and that's how I do it is, you know, you're yeah. organized, you have all the paperwork, you have the notes, you have receipts if you need them. And you, you just tell the story. Like that's how a lawyer would do it. They're not going to point. They're going to go through the facts and then how are we going to solve this? And I think um, it's you still. Know, I, I wonder how many people get a lot out of that segment yeah because we all love people when we get along but <laughs> when it's hard conversation and this can apply to anyone and any situation even with your children yeah so it really is for me when we are people people person we are people oriented we tend Speak for myself. I'm not crazy about doing paperwork or agreement and that sort of thing. But that, if we see it in another light, if this is the leverage that if we document and it's really about being clear communication and clear communication has to do with have clear agreement, accountability, what needs to be done by when and have that agree up front. So then we can go back and review that. And I love how you have that, just very factual. This is what we said we do and did, didn't happen or did happen. And people would get defensive. And what I heard you is you did not take a fan and you didn't, it was not about offending the person, but it was looking at very objectively. Here the list of things that, did or did not get done and the end i love this and this could be the thing that you know make or break thing is how do we fix this <laughs> so it's not like you didn't do this and you that and that you know and starting any kind to go down that path it would just here's the thing this didn't happen this just happened how do we fix this and that's wonderful. Now is a more of a collaborative. Let's see what can we do to fix this, to bring it up to where we want it to be. So now instead of adversary, you invite the person to be in that collaborative mode with you. Let's solve this problem. And I think everyone want that. Yep. And the thing is too, um, when they know they screwed up, they know how the conversation is going to go, right? It, it's it's doing the same thing over and over again because then they're not freaking out before the call because it, it goes on both sides. They'd be yes. freaking out. They're like, he's going to yell at us. This is, you know, this whole thing could get terminated. We might get fired today. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, the I find that the yelling is the person so frustrated and they didn't know how to, you know, handle that. And we get frustrated and we spew it out people, but it's inadvertently, it's very counterproductive for both. Yeah. So how that works for you? Have you had situation that you have a hard conversation with someone and how does turn out in the long term for you? Well, it, it, it works sometimes. 
Um, and um, like anything, sometimes people, they know the system now and they know that, you know, you're not going to scream at them. So some people will try to take advantage of it. Right. Um, so it works. Um, and sometimes you still have to fire people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the people that you have to fire, let go. That's, you know, very clearly. Because I find sometimes with people person, we really hate to hurt people feeling. Yeah. So firing someone is like the last, last, last thing we ever do. Yeah. However, this helped to become very clear. I would imagine for yourself that this person is not up to par, that I cannot, you know, maybe a nice person, but as far as competency of accomplishing the task, this person does not deliver. So keeping that person harm your project doesn't help your project. But also, I would say I have talked to people that said, you know, I got fired from that job and it was the best thing for me. I shouldn't have been in that job in the first place. Mm. And I was just hanging on to it. And when I lost that job, I had to go look for something else. Fortunately, I find something else that better fit. And a lot of time in life, we don't know what our yes is, and but we know a lot of no until we have these failures to inform us on what our strength and what our arena that we best at. Yep, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I would imagine the people that you have these hard conversation and if you continue working with them, how's that working relationship down the road after that? Oh, I have to try and think of specific uh, specific people to, to try and answer that question, you know, honestly, than just, you know, coming up with a theory. Um, I think, uh, I think, you're not asking easy questions. Uh, I think that it's, it, it works. Um, I think we, we understand that we both work really hard. Um, I think we're both frustrated with each other. <laughs> Honestly, if we're going to be completely honest, uh, I'm sure that they feel the same thing. They're like, this guy is hassling the heck out of me all the time. Um, but um, I, I don't know. I, I We we continue to work together. Um, Were you, is this the relationship continued? Did it improve in a sense of able to delivery of the work? Better understanding or is it continue challenging? It it's it's a roller coaster. Um so ah. you you fix things, things get better, and then you get really good results for six months, and then they start to slide again. Ah. And then you have to go through this process over again. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's a it's a repeatable, it, it, you know it's coming. It's you, it's all about you know how far do you let them go before you start making the corrections right because you know they do need a break from you being the boss over their shoulder being a pain in the butt um yeah so it's yeah like i don't know how to explain it better than a roller coaster it goes up and it goes down then it goes up and it goes down and the progress gets good and then it gets bad and then it gets good <laughs> 
Uh, well, that's, that's the most honest answer I can come up with. Well, you, you described it beautifully. I'm asking for honest answer because I, I, I think that's part of life sometimes that some people, you know, have a better understanding and whatever their habit, they lapse back into that mold. And so you work together to bring it back up again. So it's a continuous, continuum, continue evolving and growing and improving each step. Yeah. So I myself find that some people, when we have that hard conversation, and hopefully I don't wait it too late, then uh, some people, they get it. And then it becomes easier down the road. When we have the next project, where we at, what we need to do, then it becomes a process that we learn to work with each other. We have a framework, so it's not so challenging. That doesn't mean that we don't have problem. That doesn't mean that the problem goes away, big new problem. But there's a process that make the interaction, the working relationship works better, if that makes any sense. Yep. And you just talked about multiple new projects because that's what the game we play. And each time you start a new project, it's the time to set the tone for the whole project. Like you could, that's when you can, it's easiest to introduce new paperwork to be filled out, new structure, new everything. And they they understand why you're doing it because of the last project. Um, um, and so anyway, I, I, that's when I, anyway, that's my off tangent thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay so we come down to we said we want to have a 20 minutes yeah so we a little bit long but that's good yeah so for me just to capture you i get to learn what your strength you know what arena that you enjoy i learn how you mitigate it with the clear agreement which is for me what needed anyway so instead of seeing paperwork is a hassle, the paperwork, these agreements that need to be established up front can be a really powerful tool. It can be a powerful structure to evaluate the, prog the progress and hold accountability and then move forward. So for me, it sounds like organized, document, clear agreement, all the things that are very smart to help you mitigate that dreadful, hard conversation, <laughs> confrontation <laughs> with people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Which is, I think, what I call <clears throat> grow up in business. I love it. This is, this yeah. is amazing. I think that I think that everybody who listened to this got some value. Uh, at the very light, at least, they got a little insight into how my brain works. Um, but uh, I think that uh, people could uh, apply this themselves. Um, I'm not sure what your what if you have a side business of doing counseling, but if you do, this would be. I think there's a huge benefit for people, even just they right. just having getting your thoughts out and planning how uh, just think just talking. So I. I do have a project in mind. Okay. And I, but I like to work with you on that project. Okay. So for me, imagine that there's a group of <clears throat> investors 
they're busy with their work and they want to just get going. They need some, you know, be JV for the group. Yeah. I'm looking at, you know, creating no more than 10 investors yeah. that come in. And I'm now in the U.S. So I'm looking at what could we create like a micro, if you will, family office that friends pouring resources together, nothing big that we have to violate SEC, you know, the, that kind of thing. We're not looking that, but people like-minded and with you, but we go through part of their service to identify their strength and their arena and help them get on this journey of investing, but also developing who they are. Okay. We'll, we'll talk more. We'll put something up so people who are interested can go find it and we'll have something up by the time this airs. <laughs> okay. So because of that, sound like something you like to do. Yeah. Cool. Well, Doris, um, if people wanted to get a hold of you, they could go to glensoutlearn.com slash Doris or how else, uh, or is there other ways you, that you'd like to be reached as well? I, my email, um, they can connect me. I'm going to put my email right now so they can connect with me. I Okay. I can put that in the show notes and then they can, they can find it that way. But I see you're typing it out. Some yeah. people are going to have a, it's going to be too blind or they're listening to this. Uh, more people listen. Yes. yes. So Dorsten Lewis at gmail.com, but put that on a show note or I say, create that web page and yeah. Let me know when you ready to chat next. Um, so sure. we kind of flush this out. <laughs> yeah. But what I love is we're using investment, but it's a vehicle for personal development because it's really, you cannot separate the two yeah. over the long run. And you well, know, you the know. reason I'm asking you, because you already see the result of that. Yeah, and that's honestly what my course is missing, right? Um, Doris did take my course as well, um, but it's all, my course is meat. It's just how to, 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 how to for uh, 12 weeks or close to 20 hours. Um, <laughs> it's all how to, and it doesn't have any of the mental parts to it. It's it's all meat and it, that's what it's missing. Honestly, that's what it's missing because yeah. a lot of people, you, you you talk to them after they're done and it's uh, a fear that's left. That they, they know how to do it all now and it's just yeah. a fear step that's left. Yeah, yeah. Doris, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm sure we'll have some people reach out to you through one way or the other. Um, but like always, uh, it's always a great chat whenever I talk to you. Okay, my friend. So text me. Uh, well, we will scare you at the time to talk more. That was a nice video. Bye.